This morning, I'm going to focus in on the function of the angels within the communion of saints and how being mindful of their existence and their ministry can change the way that we look at the world and, hopefully, how we approach the Christian life. All of the angels, save the fallen ones, are a part of the communion of saints. And some of them are given the honorific of saint by the church on account of their significant roles and deeds in redemptive history, such as St. Gabriel and St. Michael. Now, the saints, that great cloud of witnesses which includes angels, the saints are ministers. They minister first and foremost to God in worship. Think about that. Their ministry first and foremost is to minister to God. By the way, this morning when we come into this place, that is first and foremost our objective and our ministry is to minister to God, to bless his name, to offer unto him a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Us getting something out of it is downstream of our praise and worship of God. So the saints minister to God in worship and they minister to us, the church on earth and her members. Now there are many ways in which the saints minister, but one way is by their example. Saints, by their godly lives and by their heroic acts of faith and virtue, inspire us to run our race well. Inspire us to love and follow Christ as they have. More generally, following God, loving God, worshiping God, is a ministry to others. Just in and of itself, it's a ministry to others. And though we can't neglect to proclaim Christ with our lips, we must never underestimate the power of proclaiming Christ with our lives. It's not an either-or. It's a both. And we are to proclaim Christ in word and in deed. And if you don't have the latter, that is, if you're not living a life of holiness in relationship to Almighty God, then your proclamation of Jesus will likely fall flat. And I say likely because God is so good, oftentimes he'll use us in spite of us. A vibrant, living relationship with the living God is a ministry to others. We are to be a city set on a hill. We are to be lights to the world. Our Lord said, let your light so shine among men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Part of the ministry of the communion of saints is that they are examples who spur us on to follow Jesus more closely. We see their good deeds and we glorify our Father in heaven. 
The saints are exemplars, and they are intercessors. They intercede in prayer, and especially in the case of angels, they intercede in action. Now, one month from today, it's October 1st, can you believe it's October? One from today is November 1st, of course, which is the Feast of All Saints. And we'll observe it on the following Sunday. And then after that, the following week, we'll observe our commemoration of title, All Souls Day. And if you know the difference, kudos to you. So, since All Saints is is close, it'll be here before you know it. If what I just said about saints and intercession set off alarms in your head, don't worry, because as is my want, I'm going to beat you over the head with this stuff during All Saints time. I mean, you guys are used to it by now. We're going to talk about the saints and what the scriptures teach and what the church teaches and how the saints, uh, the dead in Christ, are active in the life of the church and the angels are active in our lives. Angels are a part of your life whether you realize it or not. You have been, whether you've cooperated with it or not, You have been nudged. You have been on the receiving end, as a Christian, of the ministry of angels in your life. But I want to address right now, because we're talking about the saints in, in general, right? They're exemplars. They're intercessors. But how does this work with angels? I mean, how can angels be examples? How can angels be intercessors? Because the role of angels within the communion of saints is not identical to that of human saints. It's not. But still, uh, angels are uh, examples and intercessors. How? I mean, I think we get uh, that angels are ministers in general, right? Uh, That they minister to us in various and sundry ways. That they protect us, that they're guardians, that they're heralds. They've delivered some pretty uh, important messages in their time. I mean, this is rather straightforward, biblically speaking. I mean, just today, St. Michael, the patron saint of the church. That's why it's St. Michael and all angels. He's the protector and defender of the church. We, we read of him waging war in heaven on behalf of the people of God. We see in Scripture angels ministering to Jesus in the wilderness after and presumably during his temptation. Hebrews 1.4 explicitly states that angels are ministers. Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? It's a rhetorical question. The expected answer is yes, of course they are. But how are angels examples? How can they be examples to us? They're not human beings. Their existence is different from ours in ways that are mysterious, ways that are hard to understand, that are hard to articulate, how can they be to us examples? Because they minister to us by their example in that their primary ministry is exemplary. And what is their primary ministry? It's adoration of the triune God. 
They worship the Lord with zeal and they worship him always. The seraphim eternally do cry, holy, holy, holy. The angels are in God's presence. They know him and because they know him, they adore him. These holy angels in heaven, they did not rebel against the Lord as Satan and his minions did. But they remained steadfast and obedient. Thus the angels are examples of how we ought to worship. The angels are examples of single-mindedness. Of the glorious existence of a creature whose delight is in God. But how are the angels intercessors? Revelation chapter 8, verse 3 and 4 says, Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. So we see the angelic involved in the prayers of God's people. In Tobit, which is a so-called apocryphal book, the archangel Raphael says to Tobit, I brought a reminder of your prayer before the Holy One. I am Raphael, one of the seven holy angels, who present the prayers of the saints and enter into the presence of the glory of the Holy One. So Raphael's not just an artist. He's not just a ninja turtle. He's an angel. The book of Enoch, which is not regarded as canonical except in the Ethiopian Orthodox Church. Who are all, they're also rumored to have the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> That's true. Okay, so you guys don't watch History Channel at 3 in the morning like ancient alien stuff, but there we go. But the book of Enoch is quoted in the book of Jude. And elsewhere in Enoch, it speaks of Gabriel petitioning and praying for those who dwell upon the earth and of Michael coming down to receive the prayers of men. One more example of the intercessory, if not priestly, role of angels in the worship of the church is found in the older Roman rite in which it says, bid these gifts, talking about the Eucharistic gifts, to be borne by the hands of your angel to your altar on high. Angels have a ministry of intercession, interceding in prayer and in action. And I would suggest that part of the meaning of the angels ascending and descending on Jacob's ladder is that they ascend bringing the prayers of the saints bringing the prayers of the people of God to his throne and altar, and they descend 
bringing the answer to those prayers by way of aid, protection, comfort, succor, so on and so forth. God is at work in this world. God is present in this world, particularly, supremely, in his church. And God is at work in and through the ministries of angels. Of course, God is the font. God is the source. God is the ruler of all. But in his infinite wisdom, he exercises his benevolent rule by entrusting people, places, and churches to the care of angels. He has ordered his cosmos, his world, his creation in an angelic and ecclesial hierarchy. Perhaps using this image of a river font, we can think of God's energies, his activity as a river cascading down a mountain with each plateau being one of his orders, being a a level of hierarchy through which God's life flows into the world. So it's not an either-or. It's not either God doing something or angels doing something. It's not angelic ministry instead of divine ministry, but rather that angelic activity is divine activity because angels minister in God's name, in God's power, at his pleasure and for his glory. God works through this wonderful hierarchy of angels and men. It's how he's ordered his creation. It's how he's chosen to work. Brothers and sisters, there's more to this world than meets the eye. That's part of what this does. When we meditate upon the angels and their ministry and the gift that they are to the church, it reminds us that there's more to this world than this present life, than what can be empirically verified. That there are planes of existence beyond the material plan. Plane, rather. That what is seen is temporary and that what is unseen is eternal. 
There's more to life than what can be detected by the senses. The, the cosmos which we inhabit is not mostly empty. It's teeming with life. Even angelic life. Angels and demons are real. This is, I'm not, when I talk about angels, I'm not talking about some sort of mental projection or, you know, a, a word for a psychological category within the human being, a sociological phenomenon, sentient beings, mysterious, who don't have an animal nature that have subtle bodies or as you go with Thomas Aquinas, our pure spirit. They're real. And to ignore this as Christians, to approach life, especially to approach the spiritual life from a purely materialist or pragmatic point of view will not serve us well. Your thoughts, nagging thoughts that you have, alarming, anxious, sick thoughts that you might have, the, the mood that you're in, the things towards which you are pulled, it's not always what you ate. Again, there, it's not an either or. We're physical, we're the human being is a psycho-physical unity. We're spiritual and physical. And we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I think sometimes we as Christians, okay, yeah, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, principalities and powers, I think sometimes as Christians, we can be more open to demonic activity than we are to angelic activity. But you could see how that could be dangerous. That, that could be discouraging. Life is tough. We're wrestling against principalities and powers. We're struggling with the world and the flesh and the devil. And I, I just hope little old me can pull myself up by my spiritual bootstraps and, and fight the good fight. But the ministry of the angels reminds us that we do not wrestle alone. Jesus said to us, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Of course, he's with us by way of the person of the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. But he's also with us in that he has entrusted his heavenly host to be with us and to watch over us. And to help through various and sundry ways, go back and read Hebrews 1, to lead us into salvation, into relationship and union with God. And with this, in 2 Kings 6, the Israelites are warring against Syria, and they're surrounded by a great army. Chariots, horses, 
They're in bad shape. It's not looking like they're going to win. And the prophet Elisha is there. And his servant cries out. He's alarmed, as all of us would be. Because it's like it's looking like death is imminent. And he says, alas, my master, what shall we do? What are we going to do? And Elisha says, do not be afraid. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Elisha's servant was given the grace to peel back the veil and to get a glimpse of what is always there, what is always going on, yet we don't usually see it. Most of us will never see it this side of heaven. Brothers and sisters, God is with us. God is active in our midst. And he gives his angels charge over us to fight with us and for us and to minister to us and to lead us toward salvation, to lead us toward himself. Let us pray. Again, the collect of the day. O everlasting God, who has ordained and constituted the ministries of angels and men in a wonderful order, mercifully grant that as thy holy angels always serve and worship thee in heaven, so by thy appointment they may help and defend us on earth through Jesus Christ our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen.